it take to be a successful remote learner or telecommuter? Welcome to Successful You, a podcast about living your best self while you're pursuing your dreams and achieving the goals you set for yourself. I'm Sharon Kelly, and this podcast is all about Successful You. Today we're going to look at how to be a successful telecommuter, which workers and learners alike are contending with in the midst of our 2020 reality. We're going to look at the physical environment of living, studying, and maybe even working and socializing with friends and family from your home. Is your physical environment set up to help you focus and be productive in your work and school assignments this year? Does your environment help or hinder you in achieving your goals? The number of people telecommuting and remote learning has exploded in 2020. Currently, remote work is advised by the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, and it's one of the policies that nearly half of organizations are implementing because of the COVID-19 epidemic. Everyone who can do it is doing it these days. According to Statistics Canada, 40% of Canada's workers found themselves working from home as pandemic lockdowns were enforced. That compares to less than 10% in 2018 who had the option to work a day or two a week from home. Businesses that expect their employees to continue working from home include information and cultural industries sectors, 47%, and the professional, scientific, and technical services sectors, 44.5%. More Canadians will be working from home once the COVID-19 pandemic is over, as more employers report that their staff can effectively do their jobs remotely. Nearly a quarter of Canadian businesses expect 10% or more of their workforce will continue to telework or work remotely post-pandemic. There are both benefits and drawbacks to working from home. The environmental benefits include things like using less gas, reduced carbon emissions, reduced air pollution, and even the use of less paper where reports are electronic and sent by email. Even less use of plastics. I don't know about you, but I make all my coffee at home these days, so no plastic lids from takeout coffee. There are also productivity benefits, more flexibility in managing family and life tasks, increased control over working hours, no stressful, time-consuming, and sometimes costly commute, more autonomy, possibly a better quality of life and better concentration. There are, however, potential drawbacks and concerns. There are both personal and structural concerns that will not apply to all people across the board in equal measure. However, they're worth mentioning and thinking about. Personal. For some people, working from home and studying at home is lonely. There could be a feeling of disconnection from team members, peers, or the ability to make new friends. There's more difficulty in turning off from work. There's a perceived reduction of supports and lack of mentorship and possibly lack of attention to health and self-care. Structural drawbacks might include a lack of a proper study or workspace, lack of reliable internet connection, possible distractions from pets, children, a spouse, roommates, electronics, and lack of access to technology such as platforms or programs needed to do the work. 
If you plan to work from home, have you paid attention to the setup? What is your physical environment like in your pie of life? Will you leave your living space to study or work or go to the local library or the school's library or maybe go out to a coffee shop to work or study? A dedicated space that is for school that is separate from your sleep space as well as your entertainment and relaxing spaces is ideal. It should have good lighting, support good posture, and be supplied with the resources you need to do your work. Some people will consider buying noise-canceling headphones if you've got really noisy workmates. Pay attention to how chaotic or organized your home environment is. It's not just people with ADHD who can be distracted by a chaotic environment. Laundry, clutter, bills piling up can add to the stress, create bad credit, bad feelings, and strained relationships. Delegating, decluttering, and staying organized are good strategies for creating a more serene, less distracting home environment. You might want to employ delegating if you run from a task instead of towards it. You can arrange for bills to be paid automatically, or you can enlist help to either do it for you or help you stay on top of paying your bills. If you're going to do something for yourself, separate the actual task from the setup. The setup involves having everything you need ready and available to do the task. It also helps to ritualize weekly, monthly, and even daily tasks by designating a time of day, night of week, or even every Saturday morning for doing that particular task, like laundry. You can even consider pairing something less desirable with something you really enjoy, such as watching a favorite program in order to get things done that are a little hard to take on. If you know you are challenged to keep up with tidying dishes and doing the laundry, take measures to get it done. Delegate it or set a specific day of the week to get it done and then write it in your calendar and make it a routine. Even post reminders like putting a post-it note on that pile of laundry that says, do laundry on Wednesday. Declutter your home and keep it organized. And there's no time for shame. Accept that your struggles are not a character flaw. It's not you. First, simply acknowledge it as a problem and then take steps to do something about it. Know that it could be emotional. Clearing up clutter can be emotionally toxic, as cleaning out clothes, going through unfinished paperwork and clutter can bring up a host of feelings, such as old memories, shame, even horror you've forgotten something. Prepare yourself and don't let old negative tapes and self-talk sidetrack you from getting it done. Does it have a home? Create a home for your cell phone, keys, wallet, glasses, anything you tend to lose track of easily. I have a basket by my door that works wonders for me. In it, I have all the things that I need so that I never have to go hunting for them. If everything has a home and gets placed in its home after each use, then it's easier to keep things picked up. When tidying, use the three-second rule. When picking up and decluttering, don't hold anything in your hand for more than three seconds. Make a quick decision. Throw it away, put it in its home, or make a home for it. Stand up and keep moving, even when you're going through stacks of paper. It helps you to keep moving and keep your brain from spacing out or hyper-focusing. And don't look back. 
Once you've dedicated that box of clothing for donations and use a box or no see-through bag, label it and get it out of the house as soon as you can. Do a swap. Ask a friend who doesn't have any emotional attachment to your things to come and help you and then you could help them. Tell someone your intention to keep it alive through accountability. Create a tangible accountability system for yourself. Some people will use timesheets for doing dreaded tasks. For instance, tape a paper on, say, the pantry where you're saying, I need to clean the pantry and say, you're going, I'm going to clean this pantry for one hour. You don't even have to do the whole hour at once. Just keep track. If you do 10 minutes, write it down and then go back and do some more later. Go back again and again and then when you've reached your hour, stop. This helps you to chunk it down into a doable piece and it allows you to see that you actually did spend an hour on whatever the task is, whether that's cleaning or on a homework task even. While you're in organizing mode, organize where you do different tasks. You can designate different places for doing different tasks. Maybe doing a mundane task can be done in a confined space. Have one place for relaxing and then another place for studying. Find out what works for you and then create a ritual and some reminders in your calendar and post-it notes where you notice them and are reminded to get those things done. Not everyone uses post-it notes and they don't work for everyone, but the idea is that you figure out what works for you. Research shows that those who are working from home are divided about the impact that it has had on their mental health, with about equal measures saying it's been terrible or great, with most saying it's been okay. Research conducted by neuroscientists at Neurozone found that the three most positive predictors of resilience during the COVID pandemic so far were exercise duration, destructive habit avoidance, practicing optimism, and building trust. So what's your personal growth plan? You need to create structure through developing some habits and routines. What about structure in your home environment? If you're thinking about your own habits for structure, sleep specialists advise to consistently get up at the same time every day and practice a consistent bedtime routine. Consider always making your bed when you get up so you consistently accomplish something when you start your day. Also, consistent times of exercising, even just getting out for a walk every day or regular gym times, and consistent mealtime routines also help to care for ourselves through creating these structures and routines for not just work, but also for self-care. When considering your habits and routines for self-care, also think about your energy cycles. When you pay attention to your energy, when you have lots of really great physical energy, emotional energy, maybe concentration, the ability to do complex tasks, when you can pay attention to your energy cycles, then you can schedule the right kind of tasks for the different energy levels that you have throughout the day. Notice when your energy is flagging. Maybe you're hungry. Maybe you haven't scheduled some time in to take care of you. Doing a little bit every day has a compounding effect. Identify your top priority for each day and then block it in your calendar. Invent a deadline and try to go distraction-free. 
don't try, do. Think about putting energy into your system and not just about energy output and doing tasks. That's where you want to kind of have a balance between both your work and your self-care. For lots of people, that also means making sure that we connect with friends, family, and school or work colleagues. So making time to connect with important people in our lives also sustains us for our work. Organization, routines, and habits can also help to create a supportive workspace in our homes and can support us in putting energy into our systems. Today, we explored the rise and likely continuance of telecommuting as part of more and more people's working lives and the reality in so many students' lives in 2020. It seems like this form of work is with us for the foreseeable future. Paying attention to our physical environment, our health and personal growth are three sectors of the wheel of life that can help set us up for success as remote workers or telecommuters. Please remember to like and share this episode if you enjoyed it and know some others that could benefit. Go over to the website to find episode notes and to subscribe to this podcast, Successful You, a podcast about creating your version of success and sorting out how to get from where you are to where you want to go and discovering and dealing with whatever might be standing in your way. I'm your host, Sharon Kelly, and I hope you'll join us in our next episode where we will explore stress and how to handle it in the moment.